Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. Sometime last year, Netflix released a show titled Love on the Spectrum, which is a series about what it's like for individuals living on the autism spectrum to date. I cried at every single episode. For those of us who are considered normal, dating is really super hard. It's difficult to pick up on cues, it's hard to find someone you have common interests with, and it's really hard to also commit to relationships. So I can't imagine how much more difficult and complicated it must be for those of us who are considered not normal. Enter Michelle. She has Asperger's, a milder form of autism under the umbrella diagnosis of the Autism Spectrum Disorder. This typically means that she has difficulties with social interaction, non-verbal communication, and has restricted and repetitive patterns of behaviours and interests. While we often default to taking pity or feeling sympathy for those who are not like us, Michelle wants us to challenge that notion by inviting us to be more open to accepting those on the autism spectrum as individuals who are just like us. On this episode, Michelle shares a story on what it's like living with Asperger's, a form of an invisible disability, while passing as normal, and what her journey finding love has been like. Hi! Hi! <laughs> nice to meet you, Nicole. It's Mitchie Bari here. I'm 28, I'm single, and um, I'm a multitude of things. I'm a PR girl, I'm a journalist, you've seen my writing on Vice, Harper's Bazaar Singapore, All Singapore. I was in e-online Asia, but there's something you don't know about me. I have Asperger's. Asperger's is basically like autism, but it's a little bit more in the milder parts. Intellectually, we're pretty fine, but when it comes to our social skills, we're definitely a little far behind Mm -hmm. than those who are, you know, at the normal range. So just to be clear, Asperger's is a condition that falls under this umbrella term called autism it's, right it's a it's a spectrum of conditions is that is that right it's basically like a neurological disorder where um one is really really good with the intellectual skills but they struggle really really hard on the social side of things mm-hmm. and it's a huge variety there's those that are mild there's those that are in the middle and there's those who are extremely severe to the point where they can't really function in society and they need care all their lives. How did you first find out that you had Asperger's? What was that journey like? I was actually um, a baby around the time it happened. My mom was like, oh no, something's wrong. Like she can't point her, you know, index finger on her own. She can't really talk. What's going on with my baby? So my mom had to go send me over to a doctor and the doctor was like, okay, this baby is Asperger's. Ever since I was a kid, I've been going for like a series of behavioral therapy. When I was in grade school, I actually had to be pulled aside for like one hour just to talk to a speech behavioral therapist. And then I also had another behavioral therapist by my side when I was a kid. And um, I did go to one after school just to, you know, learn how to talk to kids, but also um, build up my social skills at the same time with these children who also have things like ADD and um, whatnot. So um, it was just something that continued on throughout my childhood. With Asperger's, you kind of also have a learning problem at school, so you can't really excel in a lot of subjects, but you could do really, really well in one. And what was the subject that you excelled in? History. Asperger's syndrome is something that I don't hear about often or I haven't met anybody mm-hmm. necessarily with living with the condition and I, I mentioned uh-huh. to you just now that 
the first person that comes to mind when I hear about Asperger's syndrome is Greta Thunberg, mm-hmm. who is a heroine, right? It's I very, love her. Yeah, same, love her. Excellent, so articulate. But it's interesting because you mentioned that people with Asperger's are typically known to be socially awkward. Right. And this is a term, I think like socially awkward is a term that in recent years, especially for our generation, people have kind of like normalized. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm so socially awkward. I'm so like mm. introverted. They kind of like mix mm-hmm. the two up together. Right. Right. So I guess my question is, how do you differentiate between just being like socially awkward versus like somebody living with like Asperger's, for instance? Honestly, it really comes in hand to hand. I think with social awkwardness, I think it's a um, manifestation of different things. I feel like for socially awkward people, it's like they don't mean to come across that way, but it's like they get so pent up with so much social anxiety. They're not used to being around, you know, big rooms of people. It's like they don't get a lot of energy off of being around people. Like I get energy off of being, you know, around people. Mm. But for those with Asperger's, it's like we really had to rewire our brain it's like you had to really train your brain you had to come up with a script like you had to have somebody by your side coaching you um telling you this is what to say this is what not to say mm. oh can you um stir that over again i literally had to someone to train me like the way you would have a dog trainer training your dog when i did learn how to speak i did have peanut butter put on my tongue to learn how to say l okay <laughs> interesting and um, it was because I didn't really know how to speak. And when you had to speak after like an X amount of years of not speaking, then it's what happens. But in terms of like interacting with other kids, you know, like socializing, what was that like? A pain! <laughs> I think the one thing that really made me feel so safe in class is that at least I was actually able to make one best friend all throughout school. And she's still my best friend to this day. I love her to pieces. And um, that was the only person I actually ever vibed with Mm. from grades 1 through 12. And I did not make any friends. It was really, really hard because um, I was not used to the new crowd of people at all. And um, I had to say that they were not nice kids, to be fairly honest. And so it's like, what do you do? It's like, do you still want to be nice or do you have to change yourself to fit in with other people? Mm. And so it was kind of a dilemma for me. And it was just so hard, you know, like going in through middle school because all of a sudden hormones kick in, everybody's changing, your body's changing. And I think more of that individualistic streak in me came out. So um, in school, I was literally mocked for wearing cowboy boots. I, I'm not even kidding you. Did your classmates, like, growing up, know that you had Asperger's? And did they, as a result, like, bully you for it? They didn't even know what Asperger's. They just thought it was weird. Mm. Because Mm. I didn't really have the proper social skills at that time. And I didn't really know how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I was a terribly shy kid. I kid you not. Like, I felt so shy to, like, say hi to other people because my parents weren't around. So it's like, you know, what can you do? Are there other ways in which like Asperger's presents itself? I really think that um, we have such an emphasized interest in things. It's like if there's one topic we really love, boom, we'll talk about it nonstop. Mm. Like really zoom into it. And people think that's not normal. And I think that for me, it's like I had to really learn how to listen to people 
because before that, like I would change the subjects every five, 10 seconds. Like this was when I was 10 years old and you know, like it was my first time meeting up with my um, mom's friend from college. It was like the kid and he thought, uh, he was like, you're so random, but it's like, what's it do? <laughs> like he didn't even know what Asperger's at all. And it's like, I didn't know that this is how this manifests, you know? I don't, I have no control over that, but now I can, like I can, you know, thanks to speech therapy, like I've learned to be more interested in people, like tap into the variety of, you know, other subjects besides fashion and pop culture. Mm. And that's what it is when you have Asperger's, you know, you really have to really reprogram your brain, really rewire your brain to really fit into other adaptations, not just your own. Mm. Mm. Was it a frustrating process for you, like learning how to do that? Nope. I think that it depends though for talking uh, for talking to people. It's like, I have no problem at all. Like it was not frustrating. But I think the fact that I had to change myself to fit in with other people, that was definitely really frustrating. So individualism is very, is, is really a crucial part of being you like it's important to you right Mm -hmm. like i fully believe in the freedom to be myself and that's what it is Mm. i want to talk a bit about some of the stereotypes that i think people have about the fact that like asperger's syndrome lies on the autism spectrum right right? and i think that being in an asian society autism has a very bad name i know it's so horrible tell me what are some of the misconceptions or like maybe some of the mean things that you've heard people say about autistic people? They really think autistic people are so rude. Mm. I think the problem with that is that like in our culture, we're being told that you don't say no to people. You really have to like bend yourself backwards. I just think that people are not used to having someone that says what's on top of their head without a filter because like we're being taught to really filter ourselves so much to really watch what we say for the fear of offending someone because I think that in our culture we put so much emphasis on likability and politeness. I mean, it's going to be polite, but it's like, why should you care so much about what other people think of you, you know? And I really think that it's been a huge issue for sure. Mm. And growing up, like, I've been conditioned to not be rude to other people and if being and which is a good thing to not be rude but it's like if you think that being direct and being upfront and being honest is rude then go ask yourself is it wrong to lie to others about your feelings is it wrong to sugarcoat anything how will people really know who you really are underneath this mask mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. do you have an example of an incident where you know you felt like somebody thought that you were being rude but like it was just a moment of like honesty. I can't really recall, but I think that if someone thought that I was being rude, I think it was over the fact that I chose to have um, different meal preferences and that was being taken the wrong way. Or like I expressed my discomforts openly and people didn't really understand. When I was on a bachelor trip to Japan, it was with um, me and a whole bunch of different girls. And, you know, I wasn't used to hang out with a few other people who were so new to me at that time. We had to eat a whole variety of food, which is really cool to experience. I was mainly like trying to be vegan at the time. And I basically had to go stick to that diet because I saw a dietitian 
at that time who was giving me a whole bunch of supplements and she specializes in people with autism, by the way. We did go to a raw, a restaurant that was serving raw eggs. And, you know, I do the best I can to, you know, keep up with other people. And, and this is a group of girls who didn't really eat vegan. This is a group of girls who basically, you know, ate whatever was being offered. So anyways, I was trying to maintain that diet with these group of girls. And when you're in Japan, you really don't know how to speak in Japanese and not many places offer exceptions or alternatives. I remember the, this moment with the raw egg. I actually said no to the waitress when she brought it over to my table. And I remember, you know, a girl at the other table saw it and it's like, she never said a word to me afterwards. And I didn't even know until after the trip that she really took my discomforts the wrong way. And, you know, she knew I had Asperger's and um, I thought that maybe she would have been more open to understanding, but I guess not. Mm. And I think that, you know, maybe I could have communicated part of my discomforts earlier to the group, but it's like I've been told to not raise any difficulties or raise too many concerns, you know, before the trip because I think my um, parents were just worried that I would have a reputation. Mm. And, you know, I've kind of let my food anxieties kind of get in the way because I was just genuinely worried how would I function throughout the rest of the day. And people might think it's rude or they'll think it's selfish or like, oh, you're not playing enough with this. You need to change yourself. You need to be more flexible. When we have our way, it's like we have to have our way. Mm. It's like if something doesn't come our way, then it's like, you know, like we get in a really bad mood mm -hmm. and and I get in a bad mood and I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy, honestly. Mm -hmm. There's so much better I can do to really rewire my brain. That's honestly something I'm really working on. Mm -hmm. And I'm really working on trying to be a little bit more flexible, especially when it comes to eating my diet. Mm -hmm. And for me, as someone who has Asperger's, like it's either all or it's nothing. Like there's no happy balance. So I'm doing what I can to learn and reprogram myself. And I think that for people to ask is definitely the most thoughtful thing because I really wish that more people could ask me rather than to say, OMG, is something wrong with you if you don't eat raw egg, you know, for instance, mm. or like take my actions the wrong way. I don't really mean to make myself come across as that. And I honestly think that not many people dare to ask why, you know, are you like this? Not many people dare to ask because I think that they're scared of sounding, you know, mean or critical or rude when it's really not. Like, you know, you're more than welcome to ask me. I think it's it's interesting because I think like for you, you definitely look really normal. Yeah. Right? I think you, I mean, obviously you're, you're very beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> you dress really well. I think your makeup is beautiful. Your hair is really cute. You don't typically present as somebody who has autism. I'm curious to know, I guess, like what are some like physical attributes that mm -hmm. people typically think that people with Asperger's might have. I think one common thing that I can think about is that I think people think that people with autism are very like shy, mm. they like crouch, they like can't dress, mm. their eyes are like shifty and stuff like that. They cannot take care of themselves essentially. It's honestly so annoying. I, I hate to admit this because like, you know, the stereotype is not something, you know, I didn't really sign up for. So people, people think that people with autism can't really present themselves well. Like Sheldon, it's like the way he dresses is kind of like a teenager. It's like, 
I don't really dress like Sheldon. If people think that Aska girls have no makeup on, if it's like, yo, like I have full face makeup on right now. <laughs> you know, like they don't, they think we don't wear jewelry because it's noisy, but it's like, I love wearing jewelry on because, you know, like I just want to put, pack up my armor. You know, like I got to put that on. It's the entire, you know, package. Like you have to be wrapped up neatly, nicely, you know? And even when it comes to how I dress, it's like, I have to make sure the vibe feels right. Like if the vibe does not feel right, then the vibe is not right. I think for autism mm -hmm. or like people with autism, it's sort of like an invisible kind of like disability, mm. right? And I, I would say that, I mean, you definitely present yourself in a way that's, I, if I were to pass you in the street, I couldn't tell that you have Asperger's, for instance. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of like a Princess Fiona moment for me. It's mm -hmm. like, wakes off. And I kind of feel like I'm with Asperger's, for sure, you know, it's definitely an invisible disability because you can't really see, you can't really validate that through, through like what you see because, you know, it just manifests in different ways. And I think that depending on who the person is, we're all the same fruit, but you know, I'm an apple, another Aspie is an orange, another is a lemon, another is a grape, another is a melon, another is a strawberry, because all these types of people who have Asperger's, they really let themselves manifest in different ways and present themselves in different ways and ones that look like quote, quote, normal, like um, myself to those who really show it more obviously. Let's say you are somebody that uh, is very visibly autistic, right? There are some people who are that way. Uh -huh. You are kind of in the middle. You are between like um, a person who is very visibly autistic mm -hmm. and then you and, and then between me and that individual you're kind of in the middle right so mm -hmm. I guess like how do you how can we like understand you better in that way because I think those people would probably struggle a bit more with like yeah fitting into society right I think even like many years ago if let's say like I, uh, my mom was like oh go and make friends with like this autistic kid I would have been a bit afraid or like yeah I would have shunned away because like I don't understand right you know so I guess for you like how do you like maneuver around this? Because you don't typically, I hate to say it, like scare people away, but yeah. also like you're quite different from the rest of us. So where do you kind of like stand? I think I'm staying more closer towards like the normal side of things, save for a few quirks. Mm -hmm. I think that nowadays, you know, we're so accepting of louder and bigger personalities because of celebrities who choose to present themselves that way and are actually that way. And it's like, we celebrate these, you know, sorts of people for being extra. Like we love our Cardi B's, you know, we love our Miley's, like we love our girls who are so different and openly choose to show that. Mm -hmm. And if we have certain quirks in our speech, for instance, it's like, we think that is so cool. It's like, we love that, you know, like the internet gobbles it up. But in reality, back when I was growing up, People thought that was so weird, you know, to be different. When I got to college, I think that's when things definitely did get easier for me mm -hmm. because like I felt more comfortable of finally breaking out of my shell. Like I felt that I had to push myself to talk to people rather than be who I was, you know, when I was just a really shy person. So I think that, you know, the fact that I've taken my time to um, talk to people, um, to really get out of the way to be more curious about other people. I think that's definitely what, what has helped me so much to be so much more better at my social skills more than anything else. I just had to say that I'm so 
lucky, so blessed to be able to present myself this way because I really do thank all my speech therapists who have helped me throughout the years for being able to um, help me to shape my mind and to help me to just. Mm. But for those who want to be um, curious about me, it's like, please feel free to shoot any questions about me. You know, I'm here. Ask. Mm. Don't be afraid. Approach. And, you know, for those who really don't understand, take your time to understand. Take your time to digest. We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced under media publisher Our Grandfather Story. Watch our new episodes every alternate Tuesdays on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast every alternate Thursdays. New episodes will be published first on YouTube and we'll be publishing once every two weeks this season. We've also just launched our new website, so pay us a visit at somethingprivate.fm if you'd like to share your story with us or work with us. Otherwise, you can send us a message on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or email us at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. We're immensely grateful for all the support you guys have given us and we really couldn't have come this far without you. If you'd like to keep supporting our work, become our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash somethingprivatepod. That's patreon.com forward slash somethingprivatepod. Now back to the episode. For those who know about Asperger's but can't really accept the reality of those who actually have it, drop all of your ideas or prejudices away because I really feel like that's not helping you to understand us very much. I kind of feel like whatever you see in books, TV, Mm. you don't apply that to your life because you're projecting those things onto people like us. And when we don't match your expectation, that's when you get salty. That's when you get um, disappointed. Has there ever been an incident where somebody knew about your condition and then either like treated you badly because of it or like saw you differently? Oh, absolutely. So um, there was this guy last year who was introduced to me via a mutual friend. We actually met on a video chat. We had a couple of chats and we were talking and then you know, I told him about my condition, so forth. He didn't really tell me that he really wanted to date me. Like, I saw the signs that he really did want to go out with me. And he would actually ask me out for drinks alone. And, you know, I had a really weird feeling about the guy after I met up with him. Because there was just something about his vibe in person that I felt really made me so uncomfortable. And even when we talked on the phone, like this guy was a major red flag and I chose to cut him off because he truly did not make me feel comfortable. So when I said, hey, um, I'm sorry, but you know, like I I just feel that I'm not really ready to date you. You know, I feel like our values are so different. Like I just really feel that, you know, we don't really vibe and so forth. And he really tried to act like he was gracious about it, but no, he would on a really angry diatribe, he was like, I hope you get diagnosed with Asperger's, yada, 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 yada. And I was like, what? But like, I told you Asperger's and you're now telling me, I hope I get diagnosed. I just feel like he was just saying that to spite me, you know? He was just really not accepting of the reality that I actually have Asperger's. He thinks that I fit into this, you know, Rain Man perception of Asperger's. Yeah. And I so do not fit the book at all. Okay. 
And he just, you know, couldn't really accept that I was the type of person that has already had treatment, that I was the type of person that has already been, you know, been working through a lot of things, the Asperger's. Like, I still am coming to terms with accepting that I still have it, that I'm still working through this, but this guy was just not having it at all. And for the sake of my safety, I actually had to block him of all his socials. Like, he tried to call me, you know, after I rejected him on Instagram. He was like, oh, let's not let this bullshit get in our way, his words. But I'm like, no, dude, you were like, no. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a man who just couldn't take no for an answer. On that note, I am very interested in, I think, the topic of like dating, especially right. on the spectrum. And I guess this is where, this is what interested me because, you know, you you did a piece for Vice. Right. Um, where you shared your experiences as an individual who has Asperger's dating as a 20-something year old in Singapore. You brought up the show that was on Netflix called right. Love on the Spectrum, which yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. I adore it. I cried so hard at every single episode. Tell me, like, I guess, how has dating been like for you with Asperger's? Okay, so speaking with Love on the Spectrum, I really think that um, a lot of these people basically only showcase those who are attracted to each other mm. because they've Asperger's. And for me, um, I think that I meet more guys who are not as who are non-Aspies than Aspies. And I did, you know, sort of date someone who has who has like Asperger's like characteristics. And um, let's just say that this was not a very good relationship, to be honest, because, you know, it's like one of those things where you just try out to date, but it's not considered real dating because it only happened when you're really young. Mm -hmm. And he was somebody that didn't make me feel good. And I realized that he had been treating me so horribly and I should not, you know, bend myself backwards for that. And, you know, it was during those times when I really was not aware or I didn't understand what dating was. So looking at this now, it just made me realize, you know, just because a guy has Asperger's doesn't mean that he is a good material either. And I think that with the people who have had it lucky with love on the spectrum, I think it's because like these people knew how to practice healthy relationships mm-hmm. and these people knew how to conduct a healthy relationship. And I think that when they show people who have um, Asperger's with those who don't have Asperger's, You know, it's only the ones who are severely autistic that really struggle to know how to talk to people. Mm. And that's not always the case. Mm, mm, mm. And I think that it takes... And I think that it's honestly going to take so much patience. And I'm even saying this to myself now, to know how to date people, whether they have Asperger's or not. Has living with this condition hindered, like, your dating experiences? Yeah, With, with, with some of the guys that you have been with. I'm still single, but I never tell my dates I'm Asperger's. Why? I just want them to know and assume that I'm like any other normal person. Mm. I don't want to be like, oh, hey, I have Asperger's because, you know, I'm a little shy about sharing my condition first things first. Like, I don't want anyone to judge me. I don't want to be like, <gasps> the moment they see mm. and and hear the word Asperger's because it's kind of like that moment um, Princess Fiona turns into an ogre at her wedding with Lord Farquaad. Mm. And Lord Farquaad was like, you know, like the moment he saw Princess Fiona's true form. Mm. So, you know, 
I didn't want to have any of those things to happen to me, especially on first dates. I'm not masking it, but more like I just am vibing and in tune with myself and seeing how that goes. Have you used dating apps? Yes. I've tried every single one of them. I did say that it's been quite a genetic blessing for me to be able to get as many swipes as possible on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. Mm. I feel like the way I present myself, like, I'm very good at that, you know? It's like, hey, I'll make this easy for you guys. Post your best-looking photos. Bring! Then you're set. You had to throw around really interesting prompts, interesting photos to make yourself look more, oh, okay, she's a cool girl. Okay, I'm going to go on a date mm, with her. Mm, very interesting. Interesting that you're so in tune with, like, these cues. Yeah. 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 And I think that with the way I do ha, it's like, I just select what I feel best in. And that's a secret. So um, to clarify, I never really had a proper boyfriend. To be fairly honest, I never really had any like communication ticks at all. Like I never really ran off in yep. a bowling alley. I basically feel like with my dates, like it's a mixed bag of emotions and it's just, you know, as normal as your dating experiences. Mm. And I feel like for the men, like, I've been able to converse really well and I've had no issues with that. But it's just more on the guys whom I have met ha- who have kind of made this difficult more than me. I think it's super interesting that you said that your relationship experiences have been similar to, like, mine or, like, a normal Humans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the more crazier surreal dates. I think that, like, there are really good dates where I've had guys kiss me and it was really cool. Like, those were the kinds of dates that I felt were really positive. Like, I've had guys treat me like a total princess. Like, I love it when a guy proves that he can take care of me, like, he can have fun with me, make me feel safe. Like, those are, you know, the more important dates I want to emphasize on. Is there a reason why like some of the better dates that you've been on didn't become more than just like dates? I think that mainly it was because of the fact like, you know, these guys were just visiting town. And I remember like one of my best dates ever, like he was just, you know, studying school in Boston and I was in LA. So we couldn't really make that work. Mm. And because like we had mutual friends at that time, I can understand why that would feel awkward. I don't really blame for how things happened because, like, you know, it's just circumstances. But anyways, like, with one of my better dates, I did have one that was so close. Like, I was so close to securing date number three. So what happened was that, like, you know, I went on Instagram to see what was going on because, you know, he never really gave me any updates as to when we'll be meeting up. He never really um, shared to me, oh, hey, I would love to go meet you as so-and-so or, like, confirm any date with me. And even... And, and, you know, checking his Instagram, girls, check his Insta if you feel like something ain't right. That's my number one tip for you. And so I went on and I found out he basically posted an Insta story of him going on a date with another girl that Mm -hmm. I did not even know about. He didn't even tell me he was seeing anyone. So, you know, something was really off Mm -hmm. and he didn't even tell me that this was someone else he was seeing. Mm -hmm. And... From what I can sense, this is definitely a girlfriend situation. Mm. So it does seem as if, like, um, essentially, you've had really tough luck with men. More so than, I have Asperger's and then this is... Yes! Interesting. Right. Interesting. Like, I never even told the guy about my condition. 
I never did because I'm not going to invest myself emotionally with him. Would you say that having Asperger's has made dating difficult for you? Oof, that's a really good question. It has made it difficult for me, for sure. I have to have the guy be open to dating an Aspie girl. I have to have the guy um, be curious and or accept if this is something that he can take in for the rest of his life. Mm. Because dating is no joke, you know? Like, you have to take it so seriously. And if you can date for fun, date for fun. Go ahead, because I do it. But if I had to go date seriously, that's a you know another different story. Like, can they accept that I have um, particular interests and or needs that need to be met? You know, those are things they have to think about. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't have to sit there and try to act as a caretaker for me. Like, I can take care of myself, and that's something that they need to accept. But at the same time, it's like, you need to know that, you know, I'm just as human and normal and complex I'm just as complicated with my emotions. Like, I change how I feel every day. Like, I'm old enough to grow as I evolve throughout. And I think that um, if a guy can't really take in that, you know, if he has to marry me, it's like, if he has kids with me, he needs to know that his child will have Asperger's. Like, is this something that he can accept for the rest of his life? Mm. Those are things that I really you know, have to ask, and I've never really come to that point, but it's just something I'm saying this now so that they can really consider and take this in. I think that when it comes to dating, we all have to raise a standard on who we want Mm. and what we expect out of other people. And I think that for other people, I feel like, you know, if you have something like a condition you know, like Asperger's or, you know, anxiety or depression, don't be afraid to say that, you know, people will love you the way they will love you. Nobody's perfect. Let's be honest here. And I really think that, you know, as a woman, I want to be accepted that I'm just as normal. I'm just as complicated. I'm just as, you know, human with a lot of emotions and feelings And I really think that men need to accept that. Mm -hmm. And I feel for guys, like, I've had people invalidate my emotions. And that's just the worst thing any girl can go through because we want to be heard. We want to have, you know, empathy. We want to be listened to. I think it's very interesting because, I mean, like, speaking with you, Uh you strike me as somebody who is very normal. Mm -hmm. And I think our conversation has helped me to see that, you know, like, beyond just individuals that don't have a condition, like, how can we be more, like, giving or, like, to be more understanding to people who maybe struggle with, like, ADD Mm. or, like, people who struggle with, like, mild, like, ADHD, for instance, or, like, even who are, like, slightly autistic. How can we understand each other better, I guess? Mm. Yeah. What would you say to somebody like me? That's a really good question. I feel first things, the first things first, um, don't feel sorry for me. Don't try to treat me as if I'm anything special because we're just, you know, as human, we desire to be seen as normal. And I don't want to ask anyone to feel sorry for me. I am just as a capable grown adult. I can think for myself. I can take care of myself. I can still function like a normal human being. And that's cool. And second of all, patience. Hmm. I think that, you know, you have to be patient 
and knowing that, okay, so-and-so may not be at your standard of conversation, so-and-so may not be able to meet what you want out of this person. And this goes on to number three, be curious, not judging. And I feel like, you know, we come from a society where it's honestly so easy to judge others and to keep on making assumptions that so-and-so is like this, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, honestly, not everyone knows what we're going through and not everybody, you know, is as upfront as saying, oh, hey, I have this, I have that. Can you make an exception for me? Blah, blah, blah. We, we're still so scared to really say what we want. And I think that if there's something that, you know, doesn't make you feel comfortable, perhaps ask why before you attempt to judge. And I'm still working on this myself because I feel like, you know, I have to keep in mind, especially when I'm interacting with other Aspies, I have to know that not every person um, is as lucky as me to be able to receive therapy, that not every person is as lucky to be able to have the resources to be able to have their Asperger's or to be diagnosed and be treated ASAP because there are some who basically have had to deal with it their whole life and they're still struggling with it. Do you feel hopeful about your dating life and the future? <laughs> Do I feel hopeful? Absolutely. To everyone out there who has Asperger's, please know that you are not alone. You deserve to be loved for who you are. And um, if you're still struggling, please know that there will be somebody out there who will love you. And if you're still struggling to love yourself, please know that, you know, we're all working on it and we, and we can get there. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you guys enjoyed it, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Hope our interview with Michelle has given you guys a better insight into what it's like for individuals living on the autism spectrum and also invited you to reconsider how you see autism as a condition.